What's up, everybody? Welcome back. Welcome back to the Bridging the Gap podcast. I hope everybody is well. Uh, we have a new Instagram, Bridging the Gap Podcasting. <laughs> Bridging the Gap Podcast was taken. I did message the owner. He doesn't use it anymore, but he he uh, didn't reply to me asking if I could buy his handle. So, Bridging the Gap Podcasting. We're probably going to be posting some little audio clips on there. Um, I, I'm thinking about taking the podcast video. I think my only hesitation about taking the podcast to video is it's just me and my face like there's no guests <laughs> if you know what I mean like don't get me wrong we'll have guests don't get me wrong we'll have some people on but you know when you watch like UK Pro Muscle Podcast or uh, Fuad's podcast Bodybuilding and Bollocks like there's two or three of them that you can look at and they've all got different mannerisms whereas if it's just me you sort of just learn but if, you, if you'd like to see a video version Drop me a DM if you got the time. Um, drop me a rating and just say we'd love to see, would love to see you go uh, video, and we'll uh, we'll see if we can do it. Because the reason why I can't do it right now is because it takes a lot of internet power, and I'm obviously at home at my mum's, so a lot of what I do is restricted because of the internet. But when I'm back home in in, in London, I've got 400 gigabyte broadband, so I can really level up the game. Like I've been trying to level up my coaching as well. I've offered a new package recently. There's actually going to be two new packages coming recently. So those of you guys who, who are clients, you guys have had the basic packages for years. Um, anyone who will be inquiring new, uh, and obviously I'll, I'll be offering this to my current clients, but I'm going to be doing an upgrade service. So it'll be like a premium service, which will offer, uh, you'll get one full conversation, Zoom call, FaceTime per month, where we'll run over your training, your diet, anything, any queries or any questions that you've got, you can very much use that as an education session. But you'll also get video feedback. At the moment, I just do um, WhatsApp video, uh, voice call feedback, uh, voice note feedback because my internet, for as long as I've ever coached, has never been able to handle sending videos because if you send a two to a 10 minute video, maybe sometimes longer, to whatever, 100 clients, like that's a, that's a lot of gigabytes of internet that you need to be uploading constantly. Uh, and because of because of where I am in the middle of the fucking wilderness where my mum lives, our internet is like six six to eight megabytes per second. So it's really, really, really slow. For example, when I upload my, when I do my YouTube videos and I film them, I send my SD card to my videographer. I don't upload them because it's just much longer. It takes me two or three days to upload stuff. So instead I just send them, to, send them, uh, pay like £2.80 for first class delivery in my SD card, which I actually need to go do today. Thank you for reminding me. Um, so there's a lot of things going on in the old head these days. I'm absolutely stacked. Like I'm really, 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 really stacked. I've got so many ideas, but I can't execute on them all. So in my head, I'm like, I need to employ someone to do that. But I'm like, can I really afford to pay someone a lot of money per month to do these little things um, that I potentially want doing? Just as an example, like I, I don't like delving too much into the business of stuff when it's not being fully done. But just for example, like the Bridging the Gap podcasting, Instagram, like I want to be, I want to be making clips, you know, two to three times a week, maybe, maybe three times a week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and just have little clips of, of the podcast on there and promote it. But like those clips do take like, you've got to find the right clip, you've got to plug it in, you've got to overlay the graphics, like it does take an hour, which is not an issue. But I don't necessarily have the hour free all the time. So I can still manage at the moment because I'm going to make that. I'm going to make it work. I can find I can find three or four hours a week that I can put into some more content planning. Um, I also wanted to start posting on 
want to mar three times a week i also wanted to start posting on my coaching thing three times a week as well as my main page so we've got you know three pages and actually there's another page that i've just made for when something when the new side of the business starts to pop up which you guys will be hearing about very very soon hopefully um like i want to be posting on that so there's like 12 15 posts a, a week that i would need curating but curating to the standard that I want with the pictures that I want and that, you know, that, that's gonna provide me to go get a lot of content. So there's a lot going on at the moment. But that's just like the social media side. That's not like, okay, we need to get the back end of the warehouse sorted for one or We need to get, um, for example, the D handles have just come in, but there's a short and a long handle. So they need to be paired together, grouped together, put in a bag of some sort so they're sold as a pair. You know, we've got knee sleeves coming in. We've got, um, you know, we've got another 500 cuffs. So I've got, I've got thousands of items coming in that I need to kind of, at the moment my warehouse is, is getting pretty full um, because the warehouse doesn't just hold my stuff it holds a few other people's stuff so it's getting to the brim and would you know the guy who, who runs my warehouse for me is, is obviously looking into opening something slightly bigger so there's that hassle at the moment um, obviously liaising with all these like I've got one two three maybe four different manufacturers that I'm talking with at one time plus the manufacturer in England for my clothing. My clothing gets done in England, all the accessories, um, they get done overseas. So we've got four or five manufacturers we're talking to. We've got samples coming in, rolling through the door. I've got X amount of clients. I'm not gonna tell you how many clients I've got because I don't ever think that's ever conducive to a social media plan is telling people how much you earn. Um, I, you know what, I take that back. I really, really value uh, seeing those videos of what people earn and, I, and, I'm, and I'm gonna do one one day. My girlfriend is extremely against talking about your money. So is all of her family. So is all of my family. <laughs> but I love those videos on YouTube when you talk about how much you earn and, and whatnot. So maybe I'll do one next year sometime when I've got an income to show and be like, yeah, I fucking earn this much, mate. <laughs> Even though like the more you spend, the more you earn, the more you have to spend. Like I just, uh, I just did my taxes. I think taxes are are up for 2020 and 2021 and April 2nd. So we've got six days left. I was just going through some of my spends and and my profit. And like, I've probably got, like I've got profit, but I've done very, very well to spend most of my profit. <laughs> very, very well. I think that is a big part of, of building a business is actually reinvesting. So just as an example, I'm not gonna go too much into the finances, but on this type of podcast, but just an example, my outgoings per month, like a minimum of what I need to earn per month in order to keep my businesses afloat is about four or five grand. It's a lot of money, you know, to be able to just keep those things afloat. Uh, and the where that comes from is I pay myself, um, I pay myself enough to cover my rent, enough to cover my food, enough to cover my any bills that I need to pay, which is about 1500 pound um, per month. And then I and then I obviously pay myself extra because I want to be able to put like at the moment I put 200 pound into a help to buy ISA, I put 200 pound into um, some stocks and shares and I put 200 pound into um, some index funds. So I, I do try and put a lot of money away. Uh, so I have to pay myself a little bit more. And then I've got to pay Andy. So Andy is my videographer. I pay him two and a half grand a month, you know, some, some months. Obviously there are months that it's been less and I've been very lucky recently. It's been less because we've not had to film as much because we, like I filmed a lot of videos myself so that obviously takes away the editing the filming charge which is a day um and then i've got to pay for airbnbs for him to come so it's cost me a lot more money recently um i said when i say it hasn't cost me much recently in the last like couple of weeks because we nailed it in february but you know every week in february i was paying for an airbnb plus you know and, and like 
that's really, really difficult to keep afloat. Like you got to budget the fuck out of it to be able to like make sure you can bring this content consistently because like, you know what? Like I've earned not enough. Like I'm going to say that now, like in January, February, in, in, in December, January, February, I bet I didn't earn enough to stay at even, right? So I was negative for December, January and February because I was paying Andy um, and not having that income that was usually there from coronavirus because, you know, I've lost 50% of my clients. I've gained quite a few back now because we know that the end is in sight, but, you know, I lost half my clients and people weren't buying one of our items and I was suffering and I was bleeding money. You know, it's all right because I have, uh, like I watch a lot of finance videos and, it's been something that I've been interested in for a few years. I've got an emergency fund, which is like six months worth of where you live. Like, what are your means at the moment? Uh, bare minimum, as in like rent and bills, times that by six. Like, that should be the minimum amount of money that you should have available at all times, like for yourself. So for me, like my rent is like a thousand pound plus maybe 500 bills. Like I could live off 1500 quid, right? So 1500 quid times six, um, three, six, 12 grand, is that 12 grand? Maybe 12 grand, so I have like 12, I have more than 12 grand, right? I have more than 12 grand in a fund. I call it emergency fund, which is just in a, it's just like in a savings account, a pretty low interest savings account. So the money isn't doing much. It's not earning lots of money. Like if I put that 12 grand in stocks, no doubt it would earn more, but it's like a safety net. Uh, And I'm also gonna use it for my, uh, for buying a house, so I'm going to lose that emergency fund real quick when I buy a house. But <laughs> the premise of the emergency fund still rings true. So I actually didn't, I didn't have to dip into the emergency fund, but because I had some money in my business that I could still stay afloat with. But you know, I was digging into that deficit December, January, uh, maybe not December, January and February. Uh, was it December? When did I do the one on my drop? December. So it would have been November, January, and February that I. Uh, that I took a pretty big hit monetary wise and was like losing money each month. And I think that maybe March will be all right. I think I'm hoping we've turned the cause. So it's been very, very stressful. Like, so those are the things that I've got to deal with, like let alone training to the hardest of your ability, let alone doing that 30 minutes of cardio and 10,000 steps. And you know, the, the, the 15 to 20 emails that I get a day, the inquiries for sponsors, trying to do sponsored posts, trying to think of new YouTube content, and then obviously filming that content. Like, there's a lot on my fucking plate, man. I never felt this fucking overwhelmed in my life, but I do love it. Like, I do love every aspect of it. I think I am very, very close to needing that help to help me manage my thoughts, because you know what, sometimes I'm like, okay, cool. I've also got some training plans coming over and I've also got to film 100 exercises on Sunday to try and link these to a plan. So I've got so many things going on, but sometimes I think it'd be nice to have like an assistant, like a PA who can just help me arrange all my thoughts and be like, oh, have you touched on this yet? Have you touched on that? And just remind me of things because sometimes I'm like, oh, I haven't talked to that manufacturer in a few days and I remember it on the spot rather than writing a to-do list, which is an issue of mine. But sometimes I do think it'd be nice to have someone there who could help a little bit, but when you're growing your own baby, sometimes you don't want someone else to step in. And, you you know, for example, when I talk to my dad about ideas and and this and that, he's like, this is a great idea. And I'm like, you know what, this is my baby. I'm going to say if it's a great idea. You know, you don't get to tell me what it is. And I feel like I'd be like like, like that with someone. Um, I got some really, really, really good friends who tell me what the fuck it is up, who I'd love to have on board, but I can't match what they need to be paid, if that makes sense. Like, if anyone who's going to be coming to pay, who's going to be coming here, to help me is not going to be getting paid a lot, you know, because I can't afford it right now. 
um, you know, like I just said, you know, November, January, February, you know, I was in, I was in a negative because I was trying to, don't get me wrong, I was doing stuff as well. Like I flew to Dubai, I stayed in Dubai for a while, for three weeks. Uh, granted, I don't spend loads there because my dad, my dad lives there, so I didn't have to spend loads. But I actually stayed in an Airbnb this time, so I spent like eight hundred quid on Airbnb, a grand on the flight. Like I spent some money in in, in January as well, which kind of upset that 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 negative a little bit. Normally, I don't really spend anything. You know, I spend stuff on holidays, and that's it, which is like three or four times a year. Um, so I, obviously, after going through those kind of harder uh, earning times, not hard because I'm fine. I got money in the bank. I'm paying my bills still. Like I said, I've got this emergency fund. I'm not. I'm not worried. I'm. You know what? That's not true. I, you get worried, and I can feel the the effect of it. But I'm not going to let it affect my mentality and all that kind of stuff. Um. So the money I'd have available to like pay someone like that is like is, is it even worth it for them? I mean, yeah, okay. You then okay then you look at getting a student or a younger kid who's who's excited to work with you, and it's like okay, cool. But now they need the experience. Have they got the experience? Have they got the know how? Have they got the the the, the way to apply themselves, uh, and be willing to get paid like two hundred quid a week or something? You know, which is probably illegal. So I probably shouldn't say that much per week. Um, so it's it's a very difficult time at the moment. I'm 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 in I'm in a bit of a haze day to day uh but a very very good one it's a very very good problem to have uh lots of fingers and pies trying to grow my businesses and maybe at the point where i need some help so it's a very very good position to be in right and i just thought sometimes i like to use these podcasts as just getting my brains out and just talking about the things that i'm going through because i think someone out there might be able to relate to this type of thing right but also appreciate that some of you might not appreciate what it's like to have all these things on your plate uh maybe you know, you guys are looking up to me and, and you hear this and you're like, that's sick. I mean, it is fucking sick. Um, but don't get me wrong, the work got put in before before we got to this position. So that's, that's pretty much it. I'm going to sip this coffee now. I'm feeling this coffee kicking. It's quite nice. I haven't had a little coffee kick in a while. I'm still pretty low on caffeine. Those of you guys who, who, who wonder about that, I'm still really, really low on caffeine. I've not broken out MV Pre. I've barely broken out Naughty Boy Lifestyle. I've used that once, and those strong pre-workouts. I've not had to use them, so that's pretty good. Um, what else did I want to talk about? I wanted to talk just a little bit more about one or more because, like, I think it's like I like to talk about topics that I want to talk about, and then we'll go into some questions. And I go and I go, I know that you guys like the direction sometimes, and I think you guys enjoy talking about or listening about how businesses are run, how you're choosing, uh, how to do things, and. And whatnot. So I got a question, um, and it was basically saying, "Is it better for one to buy things one at a time, or is it, or can you buy like lots at once so there's always stock?" And and a lot of that question derives around the demand and how much demand that you've got. So for example, when I first ever launched some hoodies, I bought fifty hoodies, and they all sold out. So I knew that my demand was a minimum of fifty people that were going to support me. On hoodies, right? So more often than not, if they're going to buy a hoodie, they're probably going to buy something else. And this is this is this is how every business is thinking. So don't think don't think I'm the devil because I'm referring to you as if you're going to buy this, you're probably going to buy that because this is a fucking business, right? This is how I've got to make money. This is how I put food on my table, man. And it just so happens that you're getting some sick stuff in return, and also you support a sick brand, right? So so I, I sold fifty hoodies. They all sold out. I was like, cool. So how do I find out what my true demand is, right? Because what if there was 80 people that wanted hoodies, but 30 of them couldn't get it? So I got an immediate restock of 75 hoodies. Immediate. So two weeks later, there was, there was, there was the same hoodies, 75 of them. And then another 50 sold. And then the rest of the 25 sold over a few days. So 
so immediately that told me that my initial demand was around about 100 people that would probably buy into a product. If I can make the product better, that might go up. If I can make the product niche, that would go up. Um, but I knew that I had like 100 people that would probably buy stuff. So that set me up for my second drop. So that means that the next time I did a drop, I dropped 100 hoodies on the head. Um, yeah, it was, and it was just hoodies. Even though it was, uh, yeah, it was hoodies again. It was the same hoodies again, the first ones again. And all 100 sold out. And I was like, oh, cool. So my demand has, has increased a little bit because these are about four or five months apart, maybe. So demand, well, my demand is now 100 minimum as opposed to 80 minimum, what it was before. Okay, cool. Let's get an immediate restock. So I actually immediately restocked of 75 hoodies again because I thought 100 was pretty high up on last time. They all sold out. Let's just get another 75 because that'd make it like 150, 200. We sold 50 straight away. That means my demand was 150, right? That means that if I had a good product, 150 people were probably going to buy into it. So that would already increase the 100, 200%. The reason why I didn't buy four or 500 hoodies is because they would still be sat there today because designs go out of, go out of fashion. Uh, if there's no originality and no exclusivity, there's less demand to buy them. There's less want to buy them. Um, and this was quite far back in, in the past, so there was less demand for this stuff. And then we did uh, in 2020. When did I go to the Maldives? Did I go to the Maldives this year? Did I go to the Maldives in 2020? I think I did. I went to the Maldives in 2020, which would have been my third proper big drop where I would have had, I bought, uh, 150 hoodies, 150 jumpers. I also had a thousand pair of pairs of cuffs. I also had uh, 400 knee sleeves. I also had that was it. That was it. So it wasn't it wasn't crazy big, but it, it, well, I say crazy big because this next one's going to be much bigger. But so it was like four items. Um, the, I think I actually dropped the cuffs. I've dropped the cuffs a couple times, so the cuffs you could probably take out of that. Um, but those hoodies and jumpers, they all sold out within the first two weeks, uh, within the first two days. So that was, demand is 300 now. So you can see that like, and the first drop was in 2018. So 2018, 50, 2019, 150, 2020, 300. Then I restocked another hundred of each. So I had 500 and then maybe all of the hoodies went. So that was another hundred. And then 50% of the, the jumpers went, sweatshirts went. So my demand was now 500, you know, because 500 people invested into some clothes that I had, and that was only a, a hoodie and some and a sweatshirt. So I knew that if I'd brought in more items, that, that maybe there'd be some more hits. And that's how I've escalated my business. So this next one that I do, I'm probably going to buy maybe 150 hoodies, maybe 150 t-shirts, maybe 150 uh, vests, and I'll see how that goes. And, and if they all sell out, then I'll restock, you know, and in, and in two weeks. I'll be able to know that true demand, but you know, you've also got to consider the demand of smaller things. So a hoodie, thirty nine ninety nine, uh, a sweatshirt, thirty nine ninety nine, um, just to be able to make enough profit to sort out the shipping, the handling. Remember, everything is uh, carbon neutral, so it's a little bit more expensive than than perhaps someone else. Um, and then you've got to consider the things like cuffs and and d handles and knee sleeves which are all under 20 quid like those things are going to go a lot more so you can up your stock on those because you buy a hoodie oh there's they're only 15 quid for some wraps all right i'm going to throw those in as well or 9.99 for some wraps like you'll throw those in as well so those smaller items you'd, you'd need to stock at higher levels so for example whenever i buy wraps i buy two or three hundred at a time the, the the wrist wraps. I think I've done two. I think I've done two restocks. So I sold out the first ones, which are three hundred. So I thought sold three hundred. 
I got 200 black ones in and 200 orange ones in. The black ones I've sold maybe 100 and the orange ones I've sold maybe 20 or 30. So I've still got 170 of those sitting there. But the thing about those is that they do get tagged onto orders and they're good to have in the background to either use as giveaways because obviously the price point on them is much lower. If you're giving away hoodies, you're obviously giving away, you know, 50% of your profit every single time um, versus something like a wrist wrap, which is only, you know, I sell it for a tenner. So you can imagine what I buy it at. It's, 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 you know, it's a little bit off my back to be able to give giveaways. So I get slightly more of those so I can give those away. If there's ever any issue with any order, for example, it doesn't turn up on time, even if it's Royal Mail's fault, um, when I send you out something new, I'll probably throw in a pair of wraps. And anyone who has had an issue of any problems of mine, even people who have had broken items, for example, the first thing that I'd ever seen this ever happen was one of the thumbs came off the, the wrist wraps. I've never seen that before. Um, but I've seen another 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 ones, but I've not had that in, in my items first. So, you know, I, I sent them out a new one and a pair of cuffs. So you get something extra because, you know, I don't want you to be dissatisfied with my product. So I have a lot more of those products in stock ready to either give away to people they're also very good to give away to influencers um, for example a lot of girls uh, in the industry have probably got my wrist wraps now because i gave them out to two or three maybe four really really well thought thought after girls that i follow that i really really enjoy their content and and i rate what they do and and guess what the girls say where'd you get those from one of my okay cool let me get some too you know and it, and it works really well because you send out 10 wraps, which is 100 quid in paper, but obviously for me, it's a lot less. I spend whatever I could spend, if I spent 100 quid sending out stuff to influencers, like on paper, that's a thousand pound, like on retail. But the, the income of that, even if they sell one or two, is, is immediately worth it, right? So it works out quite well having those in. Uh, the cuffs, like the cuffs were big in demand. The cuffs, you know, they got shared by a lot of people. I knew that the demand was big, so I bought a thousand of them bought a thousand of them um, after buying 500. So I sold out of 500, I bought another thousand. We have now sold out of that thousand, which is crazy because I restocked those just before December. So we've sold 300 pairs of cuffs a month since, which is crazy. And obviously you guys are gonna go away, do the math on that. Like it's a lot of money, right? In fact, what is the math on that? If I can work out. I should know this, should die businessman. Thousand pairs of cuffs, 1999. 20 grand. So I made 20 grand in in three or four months because of selling those cuffs. Uh, what I say I made, that doesn't count for the money that I've put out for them. It doesn't count for the, the research I've done to them. It doesn't count for the ones that I sent out for free, which I've sent out a lot out for free. I probably sent out 50 cuffs for free. So you could take off fifth, you know, 50 times 20 off that. So, you know, the cuffs have gone really well. We've just reordered 500 more. Uh, the reason why I've ordered 500 more and not a thousand more is because the demand will creep off. You have that initial peak, which was kind of when the muscle mentors were talking about it. I sent it out to loads of different people and, and, and the cuffs are doing really well. And then it starts to drivel off, right? Okay, so maybe maybe in November when when oh, I think I think I think it might have been October to be fair. So maybe five months I've I've sold those. So October, you know, first day you sell a hundred, the next day you sell fifty, the next day you sell twenty, and then ten, and then ten, and then five, and then three, and then two, and then five, and then two, and it that's how it goes every day, and it kind of peaks, and then it kind of dwindles off, and you just have consistent sales in the background. So, the things like calves wraps, I always stock a lot more because of those reasons that we've just talked about, um, and I think that, I think that's the best way that it's worked. It's just been natural. It's been a slow, steady growth. I've not forced it. I've not tried to get too much in and be like, oh, if I sell all these, then I'm going to make this much more money. Like, no, 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 I'm going to sell the demand that I've got. And like, if people want more, then fantastic, I'm going to go make more, right? But I just want to make sure that I don't 
I don't uh, risk the biscuit because if you don't, you've just got thousands of pounds of stock sat there. And it doesn't work well because I still have stock there, right? Like I said, I've got 175 of those orange wraps. I bought those orange wraps. They must have come in January. So it's been three months and I've sold 25 of them. Do you know what I mean? Like it's 250 quid. That's great. But over three or four months, like that's not very much, especially when you've got to pay for them, right? So I've got whatever, 200 cuffs, uh, 200 wraps, whatever I've paid for that. I've not made that money back yet. You know, and it's going to take me a lot of those wraps to make that money back. So whether that or not that's a mistake, maybe I'll find out later down the line or hopefully we can grow the business a bit more and, and, and we can sell those things. So it's, there's a lot that goes into it, right? And there's a lot of thought process behind how much of each we get in and, you know, eventually what sells. Like we know hoodies sell, right? We know hoodies sell. We know that tank tops probably won't sell as well because not everyone wants to wear a tank top. You know, there's a lot of things that you've got to consider that, will sell better than others and that has to come into consideration with your stock so I'm going to leave that there I'm going to leave that there uh, we'll, do, we'll do a few questions now we'll probably just run this up for another 20 minutes and see how we go um, what stocks are you invested into and why good question my friend should we pull up my eToro right now I'm not going to tell you how much because people get funny about it you know what I should do a, I should do a fucking YouTube video on money shouldn't I Right, so I'm going to read up from my most profit first. So Bitcoin is 30% up for me. Was I invested in this maybe six weeks ago, just as it was kind of going through the boom. Like I bought it at 42,000 here, it says, and now it's 56,000. It's been 60, so I've been up much higher. Um, my second one is XRP Ripple. I bought, um, this is up 20%. I bought that at. 45 cents it's now 55 cents that's a good one because even if that goes to a dollar like it's just a hundred percent income which is pretty good then we've got tesla so i bought tesla at 582 uh tesla is now 663 uh, I, I i've seen tesla at 7 750 so i'm 13 percent up on tesla i've been 75 percent up so the good thing about tesla is like clearly i got in very very early before it inflated so it's taken a 60 percent market drop and I'm still 15% up because that's how early I got in. Then we got Microsoft. I'm 10% up on Microsoft. I bought it at 214. It's currently 237. Microsoft just looking to buy um, Discord. I saw they were trying to buy Discord. So that's going to bump that up, try and get into the gaming service a little bit more. Um, and now we're into negative. So I've only got four that are in positive at the moment. I've got six here that aren't or seven here that aren't. So minus 4% on Netflix, minus 6% on Ethereum. Uh, minus 7% on NIO, which is an electric, uh, a Chinese electric car company. Uh, Airbnb is down 8.5%, probably because of the second lockdown uh, and not being allowed to, to to live anywhere, to go on holiday anywhere. Uh, Amazon um, is down 10% as well. This has been 10% plus, and I don't doubt that Amazon's going to continue to go up. Farfetch um, is like a, a fashion brand. That's down 16%, and then Aurora Cannabis, uh, which is down 21%. But fortunately, like those last one, two, three, four, five that I just talked about, that are all minus 7% and up to 21%. I've, I've got, I've only got like a hundred dollars, couple hundred dollars of each in there. Actually, I've got a bit more in Airbnb, maybe a thousand dollars in Airbnb. But I've got much more money, much, much more money in Bitcoin, in Ripple, and in Tesla, which is why my whole portfolio. While there's only four of them that are in green, and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, uh, 
that are in red, I'm still I'm still in pretty good profit, which is which is good because I got into these things early. Um, and then I also uh, put money into an index fund. I just use uh, the S&P 500 and the FTSE 100, which are like the UK and and American big companies um, all rolled into one. So if the uh, S&P 500 is the top 500 companies in the US. Uh, and if you perform badly, you get kicked out of it. You perform well, you get put on it. So it kind of always performs well. It's always averaged about 5 to 10% gain every single year. So it's almost like a high interest saving fund, which I just put money into. So I'm not a pro. I'm not a trading pro. I just watch stuff on the internet and invest where I think it should be invested. I'm never ever gonna do, I'm not gonna say never ever, but I'm not gonna do trading videos or anything like that because ultimately I'm gonna be telling you where to put your money and if it fails, that's on, that's on me. And I'm I'm just going off what other people are saying. So those are the stocks I'm invested to. Um, and why? Because I love Bitcoin, I love Ripple, I love crypto. Tesla's obviously huge on my list. And then things like Netflix, I feel like they're just going to grow. Airbnb, I can't see why that's just going to grow after after the lockdown. Electric car company, I can't see why that's going to grow. It's the biggest one in China. Um, and then a little bit in the cannabis scene because I know it's going to grow as well. But we'll see. We will see. Um, best time to take your himbine in relation to avoiding the impact of insulin release from food. So yeah, your himbine is immediately blunted with insulin release, so fasted. Fasted black coffee, just water, nothing else. Black coffee, black gold, and that's it. Literally, spend a couple of hours doing it. Um, do you really think you have what it takes to be at the top pro level? Very, very good question. Uh, if you'd asked me last year, I would have said no. If you asked me this year, I would say I can see that in me. You know, even like when I look at the, some of the classic poses that I do, like I don't want to blow my own trumpet, but like I really, really like some of these classic poses, like my front lat spread, my front double bicep. Granted, I need shit ton of muscle everywhere. Like I'm not looking at the muscle that I need. I'm looking at the shape and the the way the muscle lies. I think it's good, man, and I think I can do well. I just need 10, 15 kilos more muscle, like a lot more muscle. I think C-Bum's 222, 220 on stage. It's like 105 kilos. We're about the same height, so I can put on 10 kilos of muscle before I'm anywhere near the, I think if I, I think, I think it's even different at a pro level. I think I could be 230, so I think I could be like 108 kilos on stage, which is crazy. I was 108 this morning and I'm 10 weeks out, so I've got a lot, a lot, a lot of size to gain first. But I do think that I could do well. And I, I, I think that I could do better in classic now. That's my honest feelings is that I feel like, I feel like I, I, feel, I think I've got a men's physique pro physique and I think I could do well in men's physique. But I sometimes I think that I don't have that crazy fullness in, this, in, the, in the upper body like those men's physique guys do. I, I don't have that huge pop in the delt, in the chest. Don't get me wrong. I may, may well be able to get that. You know, I don't, I don't, don't doubt that I could probably do that with time, um, but I'm not seeing the pop that may be necessary just now. Um, I'm, I appreciate. I'm only two years into using gear, right? So I've got a long time under my belt. These guys have obviously been using it for eight, ten years. So I've got a lot of time to build some muscle. But I find that when I do those classic poses, I'm like, yeah, these are these are on. Like these are on point. Like whereas when I do my men's physique, I'm like, ah, there's gaps in your chest. Like you're not thick enough here and. But when I do men's physique, like I said, uh, sorry, uh, classic, I'm like, ooh, you fill in those gaps, boy. You're looking good. <laughs> um, 
Okay then, next question. I've just I've got to scroll through this to make sure I don't get any stupid ones. Um, how does your coaching differ from Gen Pop to competitive, and do you have a preference? Uh, my preference is is just people that want to work for it, right? Because I think even if you're Gen Pop, you still need some type of adherence. You still need to nail it six days out of those weeks. Don't get me wrong. We'll be more flexible. We'll be less harsh. We'll be less on you when you fuck up. We'll be less less focused on 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 how many meals off you're having a plan. Like, you know, you got to chill with your wife, chill with your boyfriend, chill with your husband, chill with your kids. Like, we've got to find that balance. Um, I think based off that, like, the easiest thing for me is obviously a bodybuilder or a, or a bikini competitor because it's like, I say you do, cool, let's get it done. They've got that mentality. But I, I do really like the psychological aspect of kind of talking to a gem pop client and trying to work out their psychology behind decisions that they're making, you know, you know, I'm gonna say it. The Gen Pop clients have the biggest issues with losing weight because they can't make that 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 switch in their head, you know. So trying to teach them how to make that switch, or even teach them balance, and teach them how actually, if you do this for five or six days, you're gonna nail it, and then that seventh day you can chill. So I I do really enjoy both, but I think one is one is you know what one is probably more psychologically demanding, more emotionally demanding, and that's Gen Pop. And then bodybuilding is is very much like I can just be a heart. I can be like a dictator, <laughs> not that I want to be, but I can be like, look, this is what needs to be done to get shredded. Let's go do it, rather than like, okay, cool, we've got a six month goal here to get lean. Let's just let's just let's try this. Let's try this, right? So there's a there's a lot of differences between them, but I, I enjoy them both honestly. How can one deal with anger short temper whilst on prep, other than just deal with it, bro? <laughs> you did this to yourself. You are, you do not need to starve yourself. You do not need to stand on that stage. You do not need to die as hard. You, but you chose to do it. So don't be a cunt. Do you know what I mean? Like, I am that guy. I have been that guy where I make it all about me. I'm prepping. I'm in a bad mood. Well, do you enjoy it? Well, actually, yeah, I do. Well, why are you fucking so miserable for? Like, do you know what I mean? I think that's the one big thing that's been different this year is that I've really, really tried to enjoy every part of it. Don't get me wrong. I'm tired. I'm moaned sometimes. I'm hungry. I, I do have a shorter temper, but nowhere near what it was in 2019 and 2017 because uh, I'm much more mature when I realized I'm doing this shit to myself. I'm, I've got no right to be an absolute asshole to people just because I'm hungry and because I'm pushing myself for a dream, right? It doesn't mean that they need to suffer from it. So don't get me wrong, it doesn't mean that they don't, you know, my life still revolves around me and whether my girlfriend or my mum like it or not. Um, and they do feel the brunt of, of, of me being hungry sometimes, but you gotta do your due diligence to just try and step back and understand that you're doing this for your for a goal, for a big goal and for a sacrifice that's gonna be worth it later on down the line, so yeah. Um, what was your optimal set and rep ranges to build hypertrophy? Um, very, very, very general question. Uh, I would say six to 10 sets and between six and 30 reps per muscle per day. <laughs> That's a very, very difficult, sorry. Um, does strength work have a, I've already answered this question. 
Um, does strength work have a role in bodybuilding? More strength equals higher load equals more hypertrophy potential. So mechanical loading is a huge is a huge portion of lifting. You have to lift heavier than last week. However, strength training directly, as in like two to five reps, I probably would stay away from, but you can still get stronger over six to 30 reps. So strength is relative, right? Because if you do 100 kilos for 30 reps, you're still like, and then you do, 100 kilos for 35 reps next week you are stronger that week but you're just stronger over 30 reps do you know what i mean so it's like how are you going to define your strength traditional strength training is obviously below like five reps right but i would say yes strength is a, has a direct correlation to muscle growth within bodybuilding so if you're stronger over six to 30 reps you will gain muscle if you are stronger over one to five reps i would argue that you might not gain muscle as fast would you transform Ryan Terry's physique if he followed your training style and not his 3x10? Uh, I would make that motherfucker grow. I would. Ryan, if you listen to this. I, I, don't, I don't know if he's competing again. I saw his I saw his uh, thing, but I'd love to make him grow, man. Push his drugs a little bit. Um, I think he's afraid to lose his waist, and I think he's afraid to lose that condition, but he doesn't, like... I, and 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 I know that he's not watching this, but if someone ever sends him to this, and, and Ryan, like I fucking love your physique, and and he's a sick physique, and I actually followed him since 2012. I watched him in his one of his first ever competitions in Leamington Spa. He he is constantly saying how afraid he is to lose that condition. He wants to come in sharp. He's like mother, like bruh, big Rami was sharp. Do you know what I mean? He's two two seventy pounds. Like you do not lose your sharpness the bigger you are. You just have to, you, you do know what I mean? It doesn't make a difference how big you are to getting lean. And I think he kind of uses that sometimes. And I might be wrong, but, you know, the excuse every year is, oh, I'm going to come in bigger this year. And then it's like, I'm not going to sacrifice being big for lean. Well, why don't you do both? Like go away, put in your off season, actually grow instead of just coming off gear and training like a fairy. Not that not that he does that, but a lot of people do that. Um, and then get on with it and get rid of Neil Hill. Um Bro science. Sorry, bro. <laughs> don't send that to him. Um, ever had test flu? No, I haven't. I don't even know the mechanisms behind that. Are you doing any uh, festival trips? Um, so, yeah, we've got... Uh, I actually can't even remember what it's called. It's like August 5th or 6th. M um, it's Gorgon City and Sunny Federa in... Oh, I can't remember, but we've got that booked, which is going to be sick. Um... I'm probably going to go to Ibiza in end of August with the boys, Joe and Tom. I'm probably going to go to Ibiza with my girlfriend as well in September. And that's it. Three parties. And maybe New Year's Eve I'll go out. I don't, I, like, the thing is, when I go out and party, I obviously use drugs. And I don't like to use MDMA more than like three or four times a year. So I've got to be a little bit conscious of it. Do you ever get sick of people asking the same questions week in, week out? Yeah, I try and answer different questions, but also consider that there's new followers, people that haven't heard those those answers before. Um, you know, new people look at this stuff every day, so it's, it's, it's hard to find that balance of repeating something, revisiting something, because obviously the people who have seen it are like, are you going to say this again? But people who haven't seen it obviously appreciate it. If you were given £10 million today, what would you do with it? Uh, I'd buy a house immediately a million pound house or a two million pound house i'd buy the house that i've always wanted because i think the house that i've always wanted would probably be between two and three million and then i'd probably invest like i'd probably invest four or five of that million and then i'd have like a million in cash somewhere and and hopefully live off that interest and i'd put a lot of money into the business i'd grow it even more i'd buy my own warehouse 
and fucking go at it and I'd hire Andy full time and I'd make and I'd hire those people that I've been talking about this morning. Um how would you approach anabolic steroids different if you started now? I wouldn't, and I'm very, very happy to say that. Like I would have started the exact same, super low testosterone on its own. Um and then that's it. I think I would have just been a little bit leaner. That would have been nice to be a little bit leaner before I started. I was like 98 kilos natural and my peak weight was like 103. So I was only like five kilos off my peak weight. I wasn't really that lean. Um, so I just like to be a little bit leaner really. Um, active range of motion going off Ryan's injury. So Ryan Crowley's injury was not a case of going outside of his active range of motion. That was a case of doing too much weight for his tendon to handle. 220 kilo incline press in front of Larry Wheels. Like no business doing it. He knows that, everyone knows that. We don't need to drill it into him. I'm sure he knows that he shouldn't have been doing it. Um, so it's got nothing to do with active range of motion and everything to do with not doing one rep maxes uh, on your on incline press when you've not incline pressed for a long time. I think that's what he said, so makes sense. When you take the pro card, the pressure, um, what's the next step, how long an off season? Um, I don't know, I really, really don't know. I'm so focused on just getting that pro card first that I'm not even gonna consider what it means to get it and then next uh if there's i mean short term when i'm thinking about it right now if there's a sh if i get it on a saturday and there's a pro qualifier on the sunday i'll probably jump into the pro qualifier just for some fun like maybe just fucking have a burger before and carb up and see what happens um but i i know that i am way off do you know what i mean like i train with joe or i've trained with joe for the last year i'm way off where he is i really really am he's a good five six seven kilos of muscle heavier than me and and it shows and i would say that he is going to be competitive this year but not for the top spots not for like the top five in the world so those guys are even bigger do you know what i mean so i got a long way to go so i, I wouldn't hesitate to take another year out if that's what it needed but another year out would be a lot like i'd be 30 then you know so it's it's, it's difficult to know what the right decision is 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 to make but we move uh, have you updated the five people you would want to speak to? Last time you said Wiz Khalifa, so I think this is like name five people you'd want to chill out with and do whatever. So Wiz Khalifa would one hundred percent be one. I love that dude. You know, I'd love to smoke a big fucking joint with him, chill out. Um, I'd like to speak to Drake. I think it'd be really, really cool how he's kind of hacked into culture, understand that kind of business. I'd like to speak to David Dobrik as well. I think that'd be really cool. He's very, very similar in that way that he's hacked culture, um, and he is culture. Um, love to be with Seabum as well. Like I just love that guy all round. Um, who else is there? Someone like Mike Malak. I think that would be cool to speak to as well. I think he's a very, I think he's a wealth of knowledge. Uh, you guys probably don't know Mike Malak, but he's like a, he's a social influencer as well. Okay. Um, a few more questions. What do you believe to be the hardest part of prep and the hardest part of off season? Low food and high food. <laughs> That's literally it. Can you get anywhere as a PT without being a juice head? Absolutely, bruh. Absolutely. Some of the wealthiest PTs in the world aren't on gear. Fucking, what's his name? Uh, Joe Wicks. Do you know what I mean? Joe Wicks isn't on gear. Um, what's the other guy called? Uh, the, the guy who lives in Australia but is English. James Smith. James Smith PT. He makes loads of money. He's not on gear. There's loads of people that make gear. In fact, it's more mainstream to just have a fit-looking body than be on steroids. Like like being on steroids and being slightly thicker and muscle mass is 
it's a little bit off-putting for some people. So, hundred percent, especially in in PT. Like, I'm not I'm not in the PT world, right? I would never ever I wouldn't consider myself a PT, and I think people get that confused of online coaching. I'm not a PT, and I don't think I ever want to be. Um, using Strom Support Max Neuro twice a day. Yeah, no issues with that. Um, just be careful of how you feel. There's a lot of ashwagandha in that, but yeah, you'd, you'd be fine probably. Optimum time to take a sleep stack, 30 minutes before bed, no problem. Um, make you look classic as fuck. Thank you, my man. Why increase anabolics on a cut? Keep, uh, sorry, it says burn more fat or keep more muscle. Yeah, so you've got this cool effect with, with anabolics where especially when you kind of are in deficit, like as you flatten out, if you just bump up, I don't know what drugs you're taking, but for example, for me, like as I flatten out, I bump up Primo 50 milligrams and I kind of fill back out a little bit. Not only will those bumps kind of fill you back out because of more intramuscular, you know, fluid, more androgens, but they will bump up your metabolism as well. So every bump up in, in anabolics is like a bump up in metabolism almost. So, instead of just starting where you're gonna finish, it just makes sense for me to just taper up. And also if you do find a place where you feel a bit shit when you taper up, you can just taper back down one notch and feel good again. Um, so it makes a lot of sense to me personally. Clomid versus Nova for PCT, Neva. Wait for five weeks for all the substance to clear and then just run HCG. <laughs> um, do you think Building muscle is becoming overly complicated, intricate, or more efficient. I think it's becoming more efficient, but people are overcomplicating it. I think there's better ways to build muscle. There's safer way. I think the most important thing is there's safer ways to build muscle. Like the reverse banded Smith press is not going to do much difference in terms of building muscle than a non-banded reverse press, but it's going to save your shoulder joints. It's going to save you to lift for longer, and it's going to just feel better. So yes, people are overcomplicated, complicating it because people love to get complicated. Let them do it, you know, like let those people who want to be on point of everything, let them do it. Um, there's not a lot of weight in those things, right? They're marginal gains, and I've always said this. I do all of them. I track everything. I sleep well. I tra tra track everything. I recover well. I do every single thing to the book because all of them are marginal gains. Does everyone need to do them? Definitely not. Definitely not. Two questions. Uh, will lower back strengthen up as you improve RDL, Dorian, form, and weight? Um, lower back always been a weakest factor for me in hip trends. Yes, yeah, so it will do. It will do. And this is the issue. This is the issue with me is it takes some time to build that strength up. And that's why I started the beginning of this prep at a 160 RDL for six or seven RP7. You know, and I kept that RP7 the whole way because I had a vulnerable back. And now I'm at 200 for six for RP7. So I definitely would say build up over time, but be more conscious and careful with form technique than anything else. Um, if it's a, a, a risk injury, an injury risk. Odds on me getting a session of Larry Wills, zero. I would train with him. I just wouldn't be as stupid as doing a one rep max on my incline press. I probably fucking would, wouldn't I? No, I wouldn't. Uh, how did you do in school grades-wise? Yeah, probably pretty good compared to, like I went to a grammar school, all of my, like I got five A's, five B's and two C's or something. Uh, probably a few A stars in there, P and geography. Then I got four, three A levels, no, four AS levels, which were like A, A, B, B. And then I got three A levels, A, B, B. And then I got a two, two in university because I did fuck all. Um, so yeah, not too bad. Um, 
Top tips for the working professionals of mentally demanding jobs while prepping is very difficult, man. What's hard about this is that I've never been in that position. I've been in that position for about six weeks where I had a really demanding job on my on my feet all day, manual labor, and then trying to prep. And I quit my job, not because of that, but because of other things. But I'm, I'm not the person to ask because I've always had the the freedom of kind of putting my days how they last, which is really, which is really good. Um, mindset, set your day up to win. Make sure you're fueling your body right, but it's going to be harder. And I can't, I'm sorry, I can't offer you more advice than that. But you're a client, so we'll we'll talk through it, and we'll make sure we kind of nail it the best that we can. Um, is PM priming the best sleep stack you've tried? Uh, it's the best one that I've tried. I need to go back to sleep stack. You know why I like it? It's because you drink it, and the drinking of it makes me like psycho psychosomatically makes me feel it more. It's like a pre workout, right? If you have a pre workout on a tablet, it's a bit weird, isn't it? I'd much rather drink that pre-workout, the same thing as that. But this is the best one I've tried. I need to try a sleep stack again. Restore as well from, from Insight is, is, is a really good one to try. So I will go back and try them. Um, should there be a gap between last being and bed? Yeah, I usually do about 90, 60 to 90 minutes would be perfect. Because if you've got food in your stomach, uh, you're digesting and not focusing on sleeping. Only a few more questions left. Where on your arms do you have the cuffs of clavicular flies? So any type of fly, you want to have the cuff just above your elbow. Uh, it's going to reduce that joint pressure in your shoulder, in your elbow. You're not going to have any in your elbow or in your wrist. So above the elbow or just as the elbow. Cycle progression on this prep. Um, I started at 300 tests, three, uh, 400 primo. And then the other two were 100. And I'm just at 550 Primo now. So I've just bumped it three times, 50 milligrams. I've not changed test or anything else. Uh, did steroids have a bigger effect on strength or aesthetics compared to both? Both. <laughs> you both, literally, you grow on both. Um, how many exercises do you do for your arms? I do two tricep on push day, two bicep on pull day, two of each on arm day. So four exercises each a week, and I do three to four sets. How did you decide on what cycle to take for this prep? Um, very much based off what I've taken in the past, very much taken off uh, a polypharmacy model like I've talked about a few times on this podcast, basically using minimal doses across a few different pathways. Um, it's It's really difficult to talk about like, how I decided because it's just kind of this is the stuff that I take now. Like I just use the same stuff every single time, you know. <laughs> um when will the lifting straps be released? Three or four weeks and then it'll be done. Um we'll be, hopefully that everything will be there. Um last question. Last question. What is the best way to improve squat strength? Squat more. You want to improve at something, do it more. Um and, and you'll see that progression happen. Uh, the best squatters are the ones who have been squatting since they were young and for the longest time. So we're going to leave that there. Uh, that was 51 minutes and 13 seconds I'm counting right now. So that is a long podcast this morning. 51 minutes of talking to myself. That is insane. I hope you guys are even fucking here still. If you are, big up. If You know what? If you are, use Ethan10 on any one of our products. You get 10% off. Nice one. Peace and love, everybody. We'll be back very soon with another podcast.